Hello, everybody, and welcome to back to thebestballprods.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Just over today, we got Birdie. What the shock, yo? And Nico. You took my joke, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't very crash of you, Birdie. <laughs> Let's have a shocking sorry, good time, I'm just, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so shocked. I'm just so shocked and tired, dead. I'm sorry. It's like. Who the fuck, like, what kind of fucking vision of the future did people have in the 90s where two separate future fucking civilizations both use shock as an expletive? Can we get into the origins of his costume? <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Well, let's, let's tell people oh, no, what wait, we're it dealing was, with. No, wait, it was. No, yeah, sorry. DC had crashed the mode, right? Yeah. They, they, they had mode where it, they had crash in mode, whereas. 2099 had shock because we're talking about Spider-Man 2099 fucking Spider-Verse came out a few weeks, a month, something ago. It came out a while ago and we wanted this to be more timely. I I, I was still in, I was still in Canada when it came out because I saw it with Nico and that was over a month ago at this point. Yeah. And I still haven't seen it. Uh, It's good stuff. I will when it comes out on streaming stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly good has a couple of quibbles I talked about with Nico when we were walking out, uh, but I'll probably go into that more detail with you, Dead, when I talk about it on movies next week. Yeah, so we wanted to get into this like this like this was fucking smile. This was a uh, Miguel O'Hara's first like big foray into like mainstream because he was in like video games and stuff. I don't really consider, despite the position of video games, I don't consider a lot of the mainstream. Right. Like your grandma, yeah, certainly not at the. Sorry, go ahead. Certainly not at the time. <laughs> yeah, definitely not at the time. And then we got Miguel O'Hara coming out as the as the fucking kind of bad. One of the bads of Spider Verse. Uh, the the way um, the way uh the other Canadian bone boy who I did not meet when I was up there last month called it. He's 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 everyone's favorite edgy boy. <laughs> I I gotta say, at least from the uh, perspective of uh, comic shops as well, they came out with a first volume of the Omnibus of uh, basically which collects all of the Peter David uh, '90s stuff, and uh, and that was a hot seller, which I'm surprised of a fucking '90s comic, and one of the few very rare times that I've seen sales directly done through a comic shop uh, have gone up for uh, not only Miles Morales, but even this character as a result of the film, which is kind of great. And Ghost Spider as well. And you know what I mean? Like uh, Spider-Gwen there. So like it's it's nice to see for once that people actually are going out of their way to actually learn more about these characters based off of those films, which you don't see very often. I got to tell you. Yeah, you don't see see very often. Yeah. DC might be trying to do something akin to it now that they've got their movie reco- their movie reading list that they keep updating, where they basically tell people what comics do you need to read to understand what's going on in the movies. Which that seems like a bad idea. Really- like, like yeah. one, one, like one thing is, like one thing is, hey, you know that character you loved? Well, here's their origin. Let's get into it. And the other one is, hey, if you want to understand this, read these. Like the best way to yeah. get people interested in your movie is to give them homework. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I guess it's just addressing the way a lot of people. Basically, this is the backwards version of what Nico's describing, where people saw a, across the Spider Verse 
and wanted to learn more about Miguel O'Hara's 299 Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Whereas this is, well, we kind of need people to care about these movies. So maybe if we give them something to do to kind of build hype a bit before the movies, maybe that'll work. <laughs> but who knows? It's it's DC. They, they're they're grasping at straws. Yeah. Fucking their, Warner. Their last movie. Fucking just, Warner Discovery is like, all right, we need people interested in our new movie. What do we do? I know. We'll sell them 19-year-old comics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, get the kids interested. Recent, their most recent movie lost them more than the budget of several other movies so i have i still have not seen the flash and i dread to well i mean you probably can't anymore because it's not in theaters in most cases because <laughs> it supposedly is it, it's running its budget was such that when it's ending its theater run it's a bigger bomb than green lantern jesus <laughs> Oh my god, that is hilarious. <laughs> like the first fucking clip I saw of that thing was a reversed shot of the flash saving all those kids falling out of the hospital. Uh yes, with right. babies in microwaves. Yeah, with the Twin Peaks music in it. <laughs> oh, that was great. And then yeah, it's just been a bunch of like low res shots of just like the worst deep faking I've seen in my fucking life. <laughs> And then also the Flash just murdering a guy. Yeah. You know, like the Flash does. First Wally West, now Barry Allen. That's right. Fucking next thing you know, Bart Allen's just going to show up with a fucking gun. <laughs> but enough about that depressing future. Let's talk about the depressing future of Marvel 2099. Uh, a little movement that happened in the 90s. Shockingly to me, because I never actually looked into the history of this. Started in 1992. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, given the I assumed it was in 1999. No, no, this is... <laughs> no, yeah, it, this it, happened it, before the bubble burst, essentially. This is yeah, like, and, I, this... and I know one thing for sure that shows it's not 1999, and that's that a Spider-Man cartoon called Spider-Man Unlimited came out in 97. Yeah. Which... Uh, which they called it Spider-Man Unlimited. They clearly just wanted to do Spider-Man 2099, but didn't for some reason. Oh, well, that's because Batman Beyond had just come out, and they didn't want to be seen as a copycat. But, but they still just at, were. Yeah, when you look at this, co well, the only reason it's not a uh, copycat is because it's on an alternate Earth on the other side of the sun instead of uh, right, the counter -Earth. Far, far future. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking counter-Earth. Oh, that old fucking chestnut of a story. Yeah. But yeah, so it started in 1992. Uh, it started with Spider-Man 2099, uh, the book we'll be talking about today. Uh, written by Peter David, uh, penciled by Rick Leonardi, uh, with uh, inking by Al Williamson and color by Steve Buccoletto, at least, at least in the first issue. Yeah. And there's going to be some continuation of those names, but every once in a while it's going to get weird and we're going to mention it. Yeah. And I mean, part of the reason we also agreed to this is that we were trying to pick a a uh, a Peter David book because the man's kind of a legend to the bit. comics industry. Just just a smidge. <laughs> he actually also returned. I mean, it's worth noting a few years ago to this uh, character and wrote a modern run of uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine as well. Uh, I think like yeah, maybe those issues. are better. Yeah, maybe he made him. Maybe he made Miguel less of a shithead. 
Yeah. I don't know. He might have kept it being a shithead because the, 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 the running joke in Across the Spider-Verse from Peter Benjamin Parker to Miguel is, why are you the only one who's not funny? The rest of us are funny. Why aren't you funny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, here's the thing, though. I mean, this is probably... One thing I will say is that I, I think it's pretty intentional, and it seems like he's purposely going against... Uh, what you like the like uh, the like what you think of Peter Parker? Yeah, definitely. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah so this, I think yeah. it's this, this was all like it. This was all as story, intended. Right? Yeah. Yes, and it's just unfortunate as, that he was like he was like all right, we gotta make all right, we gotta make someone who's like a flip on Peter Parker. What is he? Likable? Cool. So so the one thing that sticks out stuck out to me though upon reading this based off of what you just said about him being unlikable is I feel like this was during a time where he was used to having lengthy runs on things within the 10 issues. I guess that was in this first collection we're talking about today. He's really dragging his feet on like on a lot of the shit that's happening in this book to the point where like, yeah, he is still shitty at the end of these issues. Yeah. Like, which is like, you would think he would come around a little bit by the end of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like like, (laughs) the last issue of this is his mom telling him, why are you such a shit? Like, like this fucking thing ends with like the Spider-Man shot of like him walking off of the rain as Spider-Man's up in the sky. That's him saying, "You should have lived until you were old and pathetic, Dad. You piece of shit. I'm gonna fuck this world up and make it the way I like it." Yeah, but it, it's funny because like I almost I don't want to excuse it, but at the same time, it's like I feel like Peter David like is writing in a time where he was having all these lengthy runs, and maybe he was like, "Hey, I got time on this. Like, I'm just gonna take my time with this story." And they're not really necessarily writing for the arc or the paperback at this moment in time, right? Yeah, no, so it's it, kind of it's it's, it's it, it stands no, out very clearly. Yeah, you could, this, you could. This does. I didn't see. I didn't feel the even even in like larger collections. I can always feel the chunk that is supposed to be the for the trade shit. I didn't really feel that for this. Yeah, at but, all. Uh, but at the same time, I also just kept looking at. Well, that's something I'm like the the problem. The rest of this, the, the rest of this is just kind of a standard '90s comic in a lot of ways, and that uh, that doesn't fill me with a lot of joy with all the cannibalism and yeah, it's. Cyberpunk. Why does Marvel keep coming back to cannibalism? I don't know. (laughs) That actually was one of my favorite parts. (laughs) Because I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, but like, I mean, it makes more sense here than in Ultimates because, at least in this, the early 90s was obsessed with shit like Robocop and Mad Max. So, oh, listen, if you're going to give me fucking weird 90s crap, you're going to give me weird fucking crappy 90s shit, like lean completely into it, man. Like, I'm here for it. If we're going to get through, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like some of the bad Venom comics we read. (laughs) But this isn't the this isn't the fun kind of bad 90s. Like, there's no arm patches. There's no like. Yeah, this this uh, is this is at the start of that before they've really before they really like hammered down what made the 90s like bad fun. Absolutely, I agree, and 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 that's the shame of it because I feel like this was fine, but it wasn't great, like for me at least. And yeah, like, there's morsels of the interesting thinking, things. This might go pretty quick once Dead starts doing the plot. Is that I don't have that much to say about anything that's happening in this. Yeah, because it's... oh oh, to add to the um the flip you're talking about, Dead. Okay, what else is Peter Parker known for? Uh, engaging side characters. Done. Gone. Yeah, fuck them. 
<laughs> all the engagement I get from all the engagement I get from Gabe is his fucking goggles. Like I never felt like this was phoned in. Like I feel like he was. No, it's not phoned in. Trying for like, you know what I mean? It's not phoned in. It's just bad. It's entrenched in the '90s, unfortunately. I think this is just a part, a time of the industry where they're creatively spent. Yeah, they, he was, he was clearly going for something here. Whether, like, I, like I said, it just came off. It's not inherently bad. Like, I don't think it's bad. I just think it's okay. Like, it's not great. I don't know. Like, there's parts of it that are kind, bad. I think it's, I think it's pretty bad. I don't think it's terrible. I think like, there's we, stuff that's we have interesting suf- in it. We have suffered through worse. Absolutely. This yes. I don't think this is bad. From this like, period, we've suffered through worse. Like, yeah. But I, 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 I mean, like Dead's a huge RoboCop fan, so I'm sure he was bored out of his mind as much as I was with Alchemax being essentially boring OCP. Yeah, cause, and, yeah. Like there was no, there was not like the fun like wink and nod like uh, fucking satire in this. It just was kind of played straight. Yeah. Mm. Just these are the cops. They are owned by this company. Yeah. What do you mean we have to say yeah. something about that? And then it and then it leaned into the racist shit like RoboCop three did with Stark Fujikawa. Yeah, that was weird. I was I was not <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> See, but that stuff is plot threads that really are kind of taken up more so in the rest of the twenty ninety nine stuff than it is in this book, evidence in this book, which not to say that that stuff's good either, but it, I, I see what he was trying to go for by bringing in the Thor stuff, bringing in the Stark Fujikawa stuff. Like he's trying to establish that there's other things happening within the 2099 universe. I think that were most likely happening in the other books, but like, it's not again, not done very well. Like yeah. I, I just, yeah, it's, and, and is uh, it's not all that interesting either. Right. Like, so I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And considering nothing outside of the only stuff from the 2099 universe, because of across the spider verse that has survived Alchemax, Miguel himself. And now because of across the spider verse, his weird, uh, flippant AI, which, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to talk about Lila. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've heard she actually gets more interesting later because of a lore video movie bomb put up after Across the Spider-Verse came out. But uh, yeah, well, anyway, she's let's not in this. <laughs> let's get into the book proper. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it starts I'm out. Don't do this. <laughs> yeah. So it starts out as a Spider-Man story as want to as Spider-Man is being chased by the cops. He yeah. is just kind of running around. Uh, we get our first look at him. Uh, We'll get into the origin of his costume in a bit. He is a menace. He is a menace. <laughs> he does pull a dove and rip a dude's face off. <laughs> that's yeah, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's coming up again. Yeah, that is coming that up again. One last that. time. One last ride. Yeah, as yeah, the beginning of this book is just like five pages of just Spider-Man. Shredding people's faces. Shredding people, ah, my face. Shredding a dude's face off. Just running into crowds of people to escape gunmen. You know, it's yeah. the heroic shit. Uh, yeah. Calling people such uh, sweary language as shockheads. Yeah, it's the future. You got to have new swears. Uh, but yeah, so Spider-Man gets back to so Spider-Man. Uncaution gets back to his house. And apparently he also the, he also has weird spider eyes. That make light weird. Spite his powers are weird. His power yeah, well, his I mean, powers feel very nineties. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, Dan, have you heard how he's, even if you haven't seen the movie, have you heard how people describe Miguel O'Hara in Across the Spider-Verse? I have not. Uh, Nico, you want to take it? <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so I met this guy, Miguel, who's like ninja vampire Spider-Man. Yep, that tracks. I was actually going to make this, I was actually going to make the vampire joke too. <laughs> Because, yeah, Miguel, uh, he gets back home, uh, dims his lights, and we get to meet Lila, his AI, who for some fucking reason looks exactly like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, she's the she's the slutty AI. Let's because, think, of course, she's, she is. She's not even slutty. It's just, like, she is not a person. Like, she is, effecti- yeah. she is effectively Siri crossed with those, like, desktop strippers that you sometimes saw ads for in, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just two completely separate functions. I just don't want... I want to know whose creative idea it was, if that was Peter David or maybe the artist who are like, okay, every scene she delivers something has to be made to look somewhat sexy for some reason, even though she's literally just a pile of light bulbs. Yeah, it's like she is... Like, when we first meet her, it's like almost the bit of like Marilyn Monroe with like the like the great yeah, blowing the, up the dress. The, yeah, the some like it hot bit, but she's basically just reading off his emails. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't necessarily hate the idea, but the execution of it's not great because if you think oh. of it in the sense that it's like a Jarvis to Iron Man situation, it's kinda it works. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? No, like, no, like like the idea of a Lila is fine. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean it does because it's better in across the spider first. Yeah. <laughs> because she keeps <laughs> fucking with him. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, like and e- I, effectively, they gave her a personality as she developed. And, and I believe the the last run that he did, the more modern one, that it's actually improved upon. I believe I read had read some of the issues, and I think it's much better if I can recall correctly. I think she's part yeah, of that's the what I was crime. hoping because, like, for such a '90s thing, Miguel O'Hara and the 2099 idea has stuck around in Marvel Comics a lot more than you would expect. If, like, I mean, I. I would have thought May Made A Parker would hold up better based on her early runs. Yeah, absolutely, uh, dude. Miguel O'Hara would, but Marvel barely wants to mention her, but Miguel O'Hara still keeps getting series every now and then. Yeah, who the fuck is Mayday, they say. <laughs> Christ, I. Justice for Mayday, goddammit. <laughs> At least she's in Across the Spider Verse. Yeah. She's a baby, but she's in Across the Spider Verse. That's <laughs> something, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's Lila reading through his emails as we meet Tyler Stone, his boss, who's a dickhead. His brother. Yeah, again, he's he's a boring dickhead. Like again, I'm going. I'm sorry if I keep going back to RoboCop, but between Dick Jones, the CEO, uh, Bob Morton, OCP taught me to expect a certain quality of of dickish douche nozzle CEOs and corporations. And this guy's just kind of boring. Yeah, it's it's again, it's the thing where it's just it's just playing it straight. There's no satire. There's no like wink and a nod. Oh yeah, we know this guy's a shithead, except for Miguel O'Hara saying he's a shithead just directly to camera. Right. Like yeah, I'm not most dick- I'm not asking mo- for RoboCop. I'm asking for effort. Yeah, I'm asking for a personality. The most personally dickish thing he does is when he flushes his son's ashes down the toilet. Which we'll get to. Yeah, we also get to meet uh, Miguel's brother, Gabe. Eh. Honestly, he might be my favorite character. Gabe. Just because I don't hate him. He's he's fine. He's fine. Like in a better story, he'd be like 
mid. He'd like he'd be like he'd be like the upper part of like low tier to the lower part of mid tier. Yeah, so I guess he's I guess he's um he's good because the rest is kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. And then we also get to meet uh Dana, Miguel's um fiance. Concern, was, concerned wife on I'm sorry, concerned fiance on phone. Yeah. Who else was a black eye? Which is not a great first impression for no, her lead. No. Uh, which they took entirely too long to explain. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I thought yeah. that when I was reading this, I'm like, what the fuck? What yeah, happened you, there? Normally, like, when you have when you set up the fiance or wife role and you introduce them with bruises or black eye, you're implying usually that the the spouse is abusive. Not, but they just left that hanging for so long. Said, oh no, it's not what you're thinking. Well, then why did you bother tell, not telling us Because Spider-Man would never abuse his wife, and we're here to flip the script. Uh, yeah, Christ. I don't know why they didn't explain that quicker. That was weird, but okay, yeah. Yeah, so then Miguel begins recounting the last few days of his life, where he, as a project head at Alchemax, which is, like Bertie said, OCP but boring, uh, they are working on a... I think it's called like a Raider pro, like the Raider program. Yeah, they call it the corporate Raider program. They making bioengineered corporate soldiers because apparently the U.S. government. Um, I'm sorry, incoming satire here. Uh, <laughs> unlike real life, is uh, completely controlled by corporations and has no real political power anymore. But um, Tish. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, so it was just this program of just like taking people. And then combining them with DNA profiles of just like making them stronger, faster, better. They're going to be fucking awesome. Hey, it's like a Spiderman. He gets the proportional strength of a spider. Could you imagine a fucking corporate raider who can climb walls and shit? He'd fuck people up, dude. Yeah. I also get to see that Miguel, I guess, technically has a conscience. Because they, they bring in a test subject like, a, like Tyler Stone comes in and is like, hey, we're doing human trials today. And Michael's like, what? We are nowhere near ready for that. But what are you going to do? Uh, they, they have a prisoner there who had been sentenced to 40 years. And the way they talk about it, I believe it was he was sentenced to be aged 40 years currently. Because like the way, hmm. like, because, you know, it's future tech. It's weird dumb shit. It's like, hey, get sentenced to 40 years. Hey, you turn from a 20 year old man to a 60 year old man in a fucking instant. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets. Uh, I mean, time travel is part of the reason the 299 universe is how it is, but I'll get to that when we finish this. Yeah. So prisoner gets put into the pod, which they helpfully remind us is, does it helpfully tell us, is uh, modeled after the pods from the fly. Yeah. Because, you know, at least, <laughs> at least if you're, at least if you're going to steal stuff, at least be honest about it. Yeah. It is still really weird to me, though, of the the idea of, all right, it's two thousand and ninety nine. I watched a I watched a thing from nineteen eighty whatever. Yeah, that would be like any of us going back and watch like that. That would be like any person like today who like grew up in the last like few years or so, going back and going like, hey, yeah, so I watched this old Charlie Chaplin short. Right. <laughs> Which sometimes people do that. Sure. Majority of them don't. Just to throw it out as a reference, 
to basically relate to people reading the comic in that period of time in the 90s instead of, you know what I mean? Like, instead of realizing the fact that you're talking about something that happened 100 years prior in the actual book. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, that's, it's kind of, and, and then as time will go on, that will age, age even worse, right? Like, yeah, we get yeah like, I mean, so. like, usually when you, I mean, it's hard not for the future to some what reflect the the present that it's being written in, but Usually, you want to avoid jokes that would already be dated at the time of what you're writing. Exactly. And oh, writing about the Flash in 1992. Oh, God. That the, the fly would already be dated at that Could point. Could you imagine, in actual 2099, like three years previous, they released a remake of the fly? And then 2099 comes around, and someone goes, like, Oh, Marvel's a 2099 thing. Let's give a read of that and see how that looks. Oh, wow. They're fucking prescient. <laughs> That would be a dumb bit of fucking fun coincidence. Yeah, I guess. But the, again, speaking of future stuff, you remember how much we hated that last Venom comic we we read, and the only thing we all agreed on was that in one specific point it predicted the future. I don't remember. I don't, really, I don't remember much of that um, Venom comic. The only thing I remember is that we were mad that it predicted basically live service gaming. <laughs> in the early 90s. <sighs> Whereas most of the quote-unquote futurism in here is not particularly prescient or interesting. At all. And so it's just also that adds to the boredom. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, so Miguel's like, hey, I don't want to do this to this guy. And this guy was, and the prisoner's like, yeah, well, cool, I'll do it. Uh, it doesn't go well for him as he dies instantly. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, man, Miguel, Miguel sucks. Just this, yeah. just this whole bit of just like, hey, I don't want to do this. Okay, I'll do it. Oh, God, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Someone please murder this man for me. Yeah. Just instantly back and forth between those two extremes. I know it felt weird that he was like, he was dead within like a page. After that. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, to add to what Dead was saying. The starting goal, apparently, for Miguel O'Hara was to make the complete opposite kind of character of Peter Parker. But then they realized, oh, wait, we want this guy to be somewhat heroic. So he can't be a complete opposite of Peter Parker because that guy would just be a shithead. So they keep awkwardly flipping back and forth. And I guess I, I have, might have to read later 2099 comics to see if they ever found the correct balance because people still seem to like Miguel O'Hara. They just admit he's an edgy boy. Yeah. So if they still like him somewhat, they must have, unless they're all Snyderverse fans, they must have figured out some way to make him somewhat likable because it's not here currently. At all. But yeah, so immediately after this, um, Miguel goes up to uh, Tyler Stone's office to quit. And Tyler is having none of that, so he drugs him. Kind of like this twist, actually, that he fucking gets him addicted to a drug that basically will destroy him right away. <laughs> like, it was yeah, like, it's... now you need me because, like, it's like heroin or something. Like, he's like, he can't kick the habit now, bud. Like, he's yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it, uh, it, it oh. is a it is a hallucinogen called the rapture, which bonds to your DNA to form a chemical dependence. Yeah, which mm-hmm. did. Do you remember the, the Grant Morrison joke from um, uh uh, the bat, the Batman book he wrote. Uh, whatever happened to the Cape Crusader? Uh, new weapons grade crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, going back to Robocop, the guys are thinking, uh, I think it's called like Nuke. Yeah, Nuke from Robocop 2. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Miguel heads back home, and this is where we learn the origin of the Black Eye, where Miguel is tweaking out on fucking Rapture, and his, his fiance just kind of comes up and is like, oh my god, are you okay? What happened? And he just freaks out and elbows her in the face. Which, in, well, at least- in in fairness, he does immediately go, oh god, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to, oh shit, it's the drugs. Yeah, he, he, he's really aware that he's currently under a, a, a very bad trip, and he can't control it, so he needs to do something about it. Which is better than Marvel um, accidentally taking a mistake as canon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I feel bad for Hank Pym. So much bad shit happens to him, and then it's just, oh, by the way, you also hit your wife. Just fuck you in particular, guy. Uh, But yeah, so Miguel comes up with a plan to break into the place that drugged him and use his own machine that just murdered a man in front of him. Yeah, but this time I'll do it right. Yeah, exactly. I'll replace my genetics with my own genetics. And then that will make me not addicted to drugs anymore. Uh, but then a uh, weird gremlin who it took me a while before I realized, oh, that's the guy from the beginning of the book, Aaron. Because the art is yeah. great. No, no, particularly this part, because it's so like dark and shaded and relying on uh darker tone colors that make it hard to tell the, what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah, nothing against Rick Leonardi. It's just this, the artwork in this is not particularly great. Like, I remember, like, I was going to mention it, but, like, in the scene where Miguel's being told he was drugged, his, like, brow line, like, juts out four inches and sinks back in frame to frame. Yep. It's just, it's nuts. Yeah. <clears throat> Shout out to Al Williamson, those uh, legend inker and uh, artists as well. It was like, but this is, I think, towards probably um, when he's much older at this point in time. So, like, um, I don't think he's alive anymore. But this may have been like closer to the time he he stopped doing comics. Probably, I would think. But um, it doesn't really stand out the inks on this book, though, to be honest with you. Like, and I don't know if that's a result of just this 90s art or the period or the fact that maybe Rick Leonardi didn't really do uh, type pencils. I'm not sure, but uh, maybe yeah. yeah, it's probably a combination of things because this looks like a lot of books at the time. It looks better than a lot of books at the time, but it still looks like a lot of books at the time. It's just it feels well, it I feels think, I think real. A lot of people. Hmm? It feels real dependent on like, like just these like massive explosions of just like near blinding white color. Yeah, because it, it it they haven't figured out that when you're doing dark darker tones, you have to have some kind of counterbalance in the inking or the coloring, or else you're just looking at a black void. Yeah, so or, in, or in this they, case, they, yeah, or in this case, a white hot inferno. Yeah, so they don't balance it; they just go to both extremes. 
Here's the thing, though. Uh, Al Williamson, for instance, a uh, great anchor, worked with John Romita Jr. during his Daredevil stuff with uh, Ann Nascenti, and then later on, uh, I think it was The Man Without Fear, uh, later uh, Miller stuff, right? And his inks on Romita and people and like that look great. Like his Daredevil work is really, really good. I don't really see him here on this stuff, and I, I, I guess I don't know if that's, again, it's Leonardi's pencils or not. It's hard to kind of figure out what what's going on here with the art but it's it's not uh it's not great it's very it is very 90s it, like it and, feels uh, it, it feels like a it feels like there was almost no communication between anybody of like what the actual creative vision was for the future mm-hmm. we're just like all right we're gonna do like fucking horrendously like a like it some, some of it does kind of look batman beyondy in terms of just like building sizes like these monolithic fucking things but then you get colors and it's all like fucking bright oranges and yellows and shit and then you get then you get inking who's just like i don't know where i'm supposed to go so i'll just put stuff around randomly and it, none of it really gels yeah, maybe it's just very dashed out maybe you know what i mean like i, yeah. I don't know it's 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 hard to it's hard to say like yeah, I'm and, not, and yeah. part of it like i think they worked out some of the aesthetic stuff in the future because i've seen um like later 2099 covers and they seem to find a better balance for the the cyberpunk futurist look yeah. for Spider-Man 2099 to be in so it doesn't look like it's all essentially like washed out reds and purples <laughs> you know you know, what do we know, though? Because, like, honestly, like, I've heard other people, like, professionals, comic professionals, I feel like, on podcasts and stuff like that, really praise Le- Rick Leonardi. Like, people actually are a really big fan of his art. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just not for, you know, uh, not for us, because uh, I feel like at least people in the business, uh, he seem- they seem to think he's a he's a really good artist or at least a draftsman of sorts. I, I just, yeah, Is I don't this- see it. How familiar are we with like Rick Leonardi? Like, I'm not 100 percent sure I've seen anything else of his except for this. This is the most stuff I've seen from Rick Leonardi. Uh, to be yeah, fair. so it's entirely yeah. possible we're just seeing just like the dregs. Yeah, and it's also again, even if he's a good artist, if there's no communication between the pencilers, the inkers, the artists, the colorists, and the writers, then it's not going to necessarily work out, no matter how talented everyone in is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking at some of his art. A lot of it's better. He did a lot of X-Men stuff in the late 80s, early 90s from the looks of these covers. But uh, there's better balance in some of this. Some of this I am actually am familiar with the covers. He did one of the cooler... Uh, he did the... He designed the... the What do you call it? The um, Mohawk Storm design. Oh. Okay. This is interesting. I'm sorry. I'm just quickly. I was looking up some stuff about him too here, and like, there's a quote here. I guess someone uh, commenting on his work. It says that he needs an inker who can meet the looseness of his line with precision, without sacrificing spontaneity. So that's so that maybe he just didn't gel with Williamson as a yeah, yeah. For and his work, hey, right? So to, like, for, to quote Dead's thing about bright lights and dark shadows. Based on this kind of art, it's not like he can't do that. <laughs> no, that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, like that. yeah. Alrighty, well, hmm. back to the book. Uh, Aaron, fuckhead, uh, sets everything to max, fuses his genetic profile with that of a spider, and then goes nuts, and the thing explodes. And he's like, oh, fuck, Miguel is still alive. Well, I need to go fucking shit on him some more. And we see Miguel, and he's turned into a weird 
young blood disease spider. Like it is. Yeah. I don't. He at least cures the young blood's disease. Eventually. Why the fangs? Why the talons? Why the eye shit? It's, it's very odd. It, again, vampire ninja Batman Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, they it's... wanted to make him scary, I guess, and not by how he acts, just by how he looks. Although he does do some kind of scary things with how he acts, but mostly. It's not as scary just because it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so from there, Aaron gets scared, pulls out a gun, and ends up blowing up the entire floor. To which Miguel's like, well, I gotta save this dipshit. Whoops, it dips, I ripped his arm off. Because he did not realize he had talons. Which... Yeah, at this point, it, that's fine. Later episodes, uh, later ish, instances of his not knowing he has talents is a little... Meh. <laughs> yeah, and then he tries to kill himself. <laughs> like, like fucking uh, Public Eye, the uh, Alchemex-owned cops roll yeah, in. The brother, uh, yeah, Brother ro- Eye. Yeah. Look at the logo now, actually. Yeah, just Brother Eye. <laughs> yeah, they roll in. It's like, it's like right, we gotta arrest the guy. Get down! To which Miguel's like, well, I'm a freak now. Time to go kill myself. And then as he's falling, realizes, wait, that's a stupid idea. I don't want to die. And so manages to get away as the uh, public eye and the fire patrol blimps show up. You know, the, you know, the nineties future blimps were the hot shit. Weren't there a bunch of blimps in fucking it was either blimps in like regular Gotham or like Batman Beyond Gotham. Batman the animated series Gotham had a lot of blimps. There were flying machines in Batman the animated in Batman uh, Beyond, but they were mostly in original animated series Gotham because uh, when the turtles went to Gotham, uh, Michelangelo's like, dude, we could just keep staying on the rooftops with all these blimps. I mean, why do they have all of these? Ah. <sighs> uh. Well, speaking of flying machines, as as Miguel is wondering what the fuck to do, uh, dipshit dressed up like Thor in a hang glider swings by with a megaphone. <laughs> this is a Thorite, a person I, I, who worships Thor and believes that he will eventually return and I don't know take down Malcolm X, take him out Malcolm X, I guess. I kind of like this concept actually. I I do like this. It's idea, not a it's actually. not a bad concept. Like like taking no. the idea of like classical superheroes and then in the future having them become like worship figures of worship that's the thing that kind of already happens and has been like talked about before in other comics yeah absolutely like it's yeah it's not like it's not being done before but i think uh seeing it in this yeah it's interesting yeah yeah it's a solid idea and honestly having thor be the one kind of like like kind of like leading the the charge on that that makes perfect sense Hmm. i mean he is a literal god I think it's one of the better ideas that he has in this. Now, I, I would think that maybe that plays out I mean, maybe maybe more in the other books. But, I mean, even towards the end of this uh, this trade that we read, um, you know, then there's you get the Spider-Man worshippers, right? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I do like it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. cool. <sighs> and uh, this is so blasphemous it would never happen. But a lot of people have made the joke, um, what would happen 
how does how do monotheistic religions exist in the Marvel universe when you just run into Thor? Yeah. And my my response to that is always the only reason it will ever not that would ever not happen is because Mar- it would be so blasphemous Marvel would be boycotted. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marvel is never gonna go like Marvel's never gonna put fucking Thor in a fist fight against Muhammad. Or just say, oh, Jehovah? I've met him. Yeah. He seemed lovely. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No one's going to fucking do that in anything. Like, there's a a reason why in, like, DC, like, DC's gotten the closest to it by, I think, like, confirming canon that the Phantom Stranger was Judas. Oh, right. That's that's the closest they've gotten. Heard the fucking book called, was that called Trinity of Sin? That was called Trinity of Sin. Oh, so to double down on the stupidity of that. Yep, bringing in Pandora, bringing in fucking Phantom Stranger, and making the question a fucking immortal. You know, that's what the question needed. And, and you know, I think uh, Kingdom Come and stuff like that, where they kind of look at them as gods, essentially, to certain characters. Well, like, no, uh, yeah, like, I, but, using superheroes as a metaphor for gods is one thing. Literally having Thor meet with uh Judea mm. or something that would never happen. No, yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm just talking about the god the god worship uh part of it in yeah. terms of yeah. I mean, yeah, hell, yeah. Zack Snyder was convinced that Superman was Jesus. <laughs> when he's so clearly Moses. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so Miguel jumps onto the uh, Thorite, crashes them and the Thorite is just fucking ecstatic it's like holy shit you're spider-man i was right thor's coming back baby mm. as he grabs some of his like a uh, hang gliding cloak or fucking whatever and wraps it around his face for a mask uh, yes I, I just think it's stupid the the stupid cape thing that he comes up with it's really <laughs> I dumb yeah i don't and, i don't i think later versions of 2099 don't do it other than just as like a brief stylistic flourish, but and I mean it was stupid enough when twenty when uh, Spider Man Unlimited tried to do this version of the costume, and I I don't know why. I mean again, just, the mode, no tips. Yeah, it's absolutely unnecessary. I think I feel like aesthetically, I don't think it does much for the costume. Like it looks like tatters. It's stupid. Yeah, it, it, like, look, it looks. I, I, yeah, it looks like tatters, and it. It doesn't look anything like the fabric he got. Yeah, and the fact that he yeah, fashions the, uh, it into his suit as some sort of flying device after so stupid. Yeah. Like, yes, I don't know. The, <laughs> the uh, unstable molecule fiber suit he got from We'll the get into that, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. First, we gotta talk yeah. about something equally stupid. Venture. And his stupid fucking eyes. My God, this fucking man. Here, let me look, this seems like on. a Frank Miller cyborg. Yeah. This reminded me of the Ranger, actually, from East of West that Nick Dragata drew. It's kind of funny. It kind of looks like him, sort of. Like, that's the only thing it reminded me of while I was reading it. Uh, I just post posted some pictures in the, <laughs> the chat. There's a ranger from East of West that uh, Dick Dragata drew that this kind of reminded me of of uh, a little bit. This the character design on this dude. Yeah, he is uh, a posted where 
Yeah, we're I'll not put it in the chat. We're not Maybe seeing it them. Just didn't go in yet. Oh, oh. Okay, never mind. But no, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are introduced to Venture, who is a tracker and effectively, like, I guess, problem solver for fucking Alchemex. Yeah. Which, of course, is he's a tracker. He must be. He must be decked out like a fucking. I don't know, Australian woodsman. Yeah, an Australian bounty hunter from the old west. Yeah, just carries around a goddamn like pole and a massive yeah. gun because it's the nineties. Yeah, again, obsessed with Mad Max. The nineties were obsessed with Mad Max. We could not get beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, and Cyborg too, because we also got a because like he he's he's hired as a tracker to like track down what the fuck happened, and is like, all right, cool. I have the uh, I had the data for this fucking dude that climbed out a building. I got it from my fucking long eye. Because like he has regular eyes; those are just goggles. Like we see him later in this issue, he has regular eyes. He just wears those to look cool. <clears throat> because like, he's a cyborg, but he also has psionic implants to make him psychic too. It's the future. You got to be. You can't just be robot. You got to also have fucking mind powers. As Miguel is back home. And Layla wakes him up looking. Layla wakes him up trying to look sexy or something. I don't know, man. But we also learned that he can't stab himself with his own talons. Thank the Lord for that, I guess. I suppose. Yeah. And so he and so he's like, okay, I need fucking something to deal with my goddamn talons. I'm going to tear up my goddamn clothes. Oh, I know. I have this unstable molecule fabric costume that I got from the Day of the Dead in Mexico. It's basically uh, indestructible. Here's here's my big biggest issue with this idea. Why are people just utilizing these costumes other than him? Right? I don't know, bro. <laughs> If it's that widely available, then everyone's right. clothes should be indestructible. Right, right. This is what I'm or saying. Has Mexi- or has Mexico take slow, actually taken over the world, and we just don't know it? So it does. So it, it 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 has stated that the costume is very expensive. <laughs> then okay, why did he well. just pick it up at a Day of the Dead? Because I'm assuming what? he was drunk and an idiot. It's because of his culture. <laughs> exactly. It's the heritage. <laughs> that's that's literally why they make that connection. Like, but, which, okay, that, fine. <laughs> that's the same logic that got us Neo-Mexico and, and Gundam, uh, Gundam Fighter. Have y'all seen this? No, I, I'm aware of what you're talking about, yes. Okay. I need to show Nico. You can keep talking while I bring it up, Dad. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and so also uh, Miguel Bell also begins now wearing sunglasses at all times because the light hurts his spider eyes. <laughs> you know how you know spiders in their sensitive corneas. I don't know, man. This is the stupidest explanation for like where he discovered this. Whoa, look at that stupid picture! <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking sombrero in <laughs> space. The Canadian oh, Gundam's a lumberjack. It's not culturally insensitive. <laughs> welcome to Gundam. Welcome to Gundam, dude. That that season of Gundam is entirely that. 
That's kind of fucking awesome. This newest picture I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. The Dutch Gundam is a windmill. That's awesome. But anyways, yeah, I think this fucking idea for the, how he got the costume is this is the is this, it's so s- ridiculous that I kind of like it. <laughs> like it's so It's like- fucking crazy. <laughs> it's like actually ludicrous that he just had that sitting around because he and his brother went down to Mexico one year and were like, "Eh, fuck it, right. I'm going to get this." And here's the other thing that You know how the Day it. of the he- Dead loves spiders? Right. He calls it the Death's Head. And me thinking of the 90s, I'm thinking of the 90s UK Marvel characters. So I looked it up. I was like, why the fuck is he calling it that? Is he referencing actual Death's Head? And then, and then it was something that said about Day of the Dead. That just that's a word for the for uh, to symbolize, I guess, uh, some of the like the skull and all that. They call it Death's Head. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But me thinking 90s Marvel because there's that character Mar- uh, Marvel UK character Death's Head. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. I am. Uh, I am. Yeah. Why would they? It just seemed odd. Place. <laughs> meant for them to use that wording because that and then he's actually the same color scheme as the costume so then i'm like is this where it came from and from what i looked up on the internet it was a common mis like it, it, it did confuse other readers apparently at the time because of that right Which, yeah i it, it's odd it's very strange this fucking costume yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. when uh, when i heard when i heard death's head my mind immediately went to silence of the lambs Okay. Because like that, because like I think there's like a moth, like the death head moth, or something like a moth with a skull on it. Okay, that is, yeah. that is like used as like the imagery for Silence of the Lambs, and I'm like, oh, there must be a death's head spider or some shit. Mm. Because why else would a Day of the Dead costume be spider themed? Right. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> oh, we also get my least favorite joke with the fucking book. That. Oh, that that's special. What is it? <laughs> uh, so yeah, as as Miles as sorry, I keep I keep going to say Miles because Miles is now in my head the default M name for Spider Man. Mm. No, I remember Miguel because okay, I will give credit again to Across the Spider Verse. I love what um what is that actor's name? Oscar um, Isaac's. Oscar Isaac did with Miguel because he just he, he, like he was more like like whenever uh, Miles invoked his Hispanic heritage, he was always like playing it up for comedic effect whereas miguel was just slipping into it just, out just naturally habit, like when he's yeah when he was nervous uh oscar isaac is a shockingly good voice actor i think he's yeah. just a, he's a good actor i think he's a great actor acting and voice acting are different skill sets yeah he can't save sure. everything he, no, couldn't of course save the, he couldn't save the star wars movies he was in and he couldn't save a he couldn't save either news i was about to say apocalypse but he played either news yeah Anyway, yeah, so my least favorite joke, as they're just kind of like a, as they are, like, it's literally right after he does the costume thing, he talks to Lila, and and he's like, and he's like, why the fuck are you like this, Lila? It's like, oh, this is one of my personality programs. I have 298 other ones. Would you like to see them? Goes through them. Goes through a punk rock chick, Jarvis, and Aunt May. Just yeah. straight up Aunt May. At which point, Miguel turns and looks at the reader. Like, he literally looks over his shoulder in, like, a dismissive, like, what the fuck? Looking directly at you. And then says, kill that one, and goes back to sipping his coffee. Yep. And that, I fucking hate that. That's one of those, like... This ain't your dad, Spider-Man. Yeah, one of those 90s contempt for the past. It's like that, the one that, the... This wasn't in the 90s, but it's the same mindset I'm always reminded of. Do you remember DMC, Devil May Cry? Yeah. 
that everyone mocked where the first thing they showed was their new version of Dante, but he had a mop on his head that kind of looked like Dante's old hair. He said, yeah, this is stupid. Yeah, just some weird fuckboy looking dude. Game wasn't awful. A lot of the rest of it was. No. Anyway, yeah, so we uh, now meet his brother, Gabriel, for realsies, and his goggles look dumber in person. Why the third lens off to the side? I don't get it. Does he ever wear those? Again, Blade Runner. Yeah, so Miguel, so uh, Gabe's just being a, just being a fucking frustrated brother to his, just being a frustrated brother, just like, what the fuck is going on with you, dude? Fucking fiance comes in with a black eye, says you're on Rapture. What the fuck is going on, bro? Uh, And Miguel is being Miguel, brushing him off like a fucking dick bag and then completely ignoring him because he sees something more important. Which is Venture coming up. Because Venture is tracking him because fucking cybers and psychics. And so Miguel dives out his fucking window. On like the 200th floor or whatever. And luckily, his tattered fucking cloak that he ripped off of a hang glider that now looks like webbing catches him to let him fly. So he's able to kick fucking... uh, So he's able to kick Venture in the side? I don't know where he's kicking him. In the back, it looks like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, with a clothump. Also, I have, we haven't really talked about the art after our little rant thing. I will say, I think I prefer this issue's art, and it may have to do with the changing of the colorist. Because issue two is uh, color duties were taken over by uh, Noel Giddings. Yeah, and and the thing about this period of time, uh, coloring wasn't great because I think this is like prior to like digital, and then also a, a big misconception of um, of the uh, coloring of his suit is that it's supposed to be more of a black blue and not just a blue, uh-huh. um, which which I think uh, they've improved upon and uh, you know other. Uh, you know, uh, you know, more recent runs and appearances of the character, but like from what I understand, like and even looking up stuff online, uh, that was something that people didn't realize due to the coloring at this period of time. And you see it in the shading of his costume; like they try to shade it in, sort of black in parts, but yeah, it, it, they don't. They, they just don't have the blue to really encapsulate that black blue of his costume at this time. Yeah, and like. also pure black's not that. Uh, engaging of a color. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like thing you got like a. It's the kind of thing you have to like flip your mind on for a coloring thing because like I get what they were going for. If it was like all black and then like the blue shading on it to show like hey like this is light reflecting off of the black because it's not fucking Vanta black. But yeah, it feels like, it feels like they got it flipped. What, which is what they did with um the Venom suit in Spider-Man, the animated series, where every time you saw the full Venom suit, either on Venom or on Spider-Man, there was this blue twinge or a blue and red twinge around the edges to kind of offset the coloring. Yeah. But, eh, oh well, I mean, let us let us not suggest that early 90s Marvel comic art uh, was perfect. We don't want to confuse people. Eh, never. <laughs> but yeah, so as he falls out of his fucking window and kicks the guy. He's like, all right, I gotta, be, all right, I gotta sound something cool, something that makes me sound terrified. And he goes, hi. Which, it's weird he starts acting like Spider-Man now. Yeah, but again, uh, it's like, we don't want this to be Spider-Man, but 
crap, people like Spider-Man. Maybe we should have just a little bit of Spider-Man. Yeah, every once in a while, he'll throw out a quip and be like, hey, I'm still fucking funny, guys. <sighs> but yeah. On to issue three. And the Thorites are here somehow. Whoa. Yeah, they. it's a big old fucking fight. Miguel is running away the entire time, avoiding everybody as the Thorites are getting their ass handed to them. Until one Thorite just gets straight up murdered and Miguel does nothing. Like, it's, like it's not even... He doesn't... It's so weird having a Spider-Man who cares so little for other people. I mean... The problem with it is that nothing it, it, it's the same pro- it's a kind of the opposite problem of what i had with uh the other popular 90s spider-man ben riley where ben riley's problem is that he was so self-interested about like the problem with miguel harris he doesn't care about anything anything whereas ben riley seemed like he cared about some stuff but he was so whiny all the time that I just got sick of listening to him whine, even if he seemed to be a good person trying to do good things. Yeah, and like, like there, there can be something there of like somebody, somebody like without. Like, I'm not saying all superheroes need to be like, oh yeah, I need to go help the people and stuff. Like, they could just be assholes. Like fucking Darkwing Duck. No, Darkwing Duck is. Well, it, it, it's a matter of how you play because Darkwing Duck's whole thing is. He's a arrogant son of a bitch who wants fame and fortune, but he is still usually doing the right thing. Yeah. And the problem with Miguel O'Hara is that in many cases, he only does the right thing when he's forced to, not just out of any kind of impulse. Yeah, he's an arrogant shithead who starts doing the right thing because he wants revenge on the people who tried to fuck him. And not only that, I feel like he, a lot of the stuff that happens to him, like a lot of the things that he does is just counter reactive to like the shit that happens around him. Like people that are coming I mean, like coming for yeah. him and he has to respond oh, in kind, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so he, like, it's not like he's actually doing anything because he wants to. He's a completely he's reactive react- character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So he delves back through his place trying to lose venture as his brother almost gets fucking blasted by Spider-Man and the fucking, I don't know, rocket boots of venture. As he manages to dive out and talk Layla in and just tells Layla just like repeat some shit, but he's an idiot. So he, so she repeats everything. It's like, Oh, there's a horrible yeah. man in black. He went out there. And then he finishes it up with being incredibly derisive to his fucking digital assistant. Which given what we learn about her character later, I'm fine with. <sighs> yeah. So venture dives out after him and, like, I'll give him this, like, with the way, like, there are some kind of interesting things in terms of, like, action set design for the future. Because having, like, having just, like, random floating robots just, like, fuck around on, it can, it can, have, it can have some, like, interesting dynamics for fights and stuff. And it's, I don't know, I just kind of liked him, like, using the fucking flying robot as like cover in order to dive around and to hide and jump and shit. It's simple. It's not anything fancy, but eh. it works. 
I'll take what I can get. <laughs> yeah. And another thing I actually do like, Gabe immediately figures out that Miguel is Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> just straight up, just... Yeah. It's like, talk, talks to Lila for a little bit, gets the... Gets the whole like spiel like uh, that she that uh, Miguel told her to say, and then and then managed to like ask a question that managed to like find a string of questions in order to get the information he needed. It's a nice little bit that I appreciate they put in because fucking Miguel is doing nothing to hide his identity. No, no, <laughs> like he's doing the bare minimum of wearing a face covering, and that's about it. Yeah, and it's just he's lucky. That it's, it, I hate situations where the only reason the, the superhero gets away with everything is because everyone else is dumber than him. Yeah. And unfortunately, in this story, that's what we got. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Miguel gets caught. But don't worry, that doesn't last long because he has talons. And also web shooters, apparently. That come out uh. of the top of his wrist. Yeah, because they were referencing the Venom suit. It comes out of the top of his wrist, despite having the, I don't know, the fucking fluid sack on the underside of his forearm. Yeah. But, cool. you know, not not your Spider-Man, yo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely not your Spider-Man, because he uh, grabs a person's car while they are still in it and uses it to fight a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Using the, uh, like, maglevs in the car to repel his gun. And then ripping open his cybernetic leg, taking his like shock stick and then shoving it into his robotic leg to fry him. Yeah. Spider-Man. Is this is this better or worse than Superior? Uh Superior Spider-Man? This is worse. This is worse. I I, but I think you meant, I, I think you meant like in terms of like violence and morality. Yeah, execution. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I thought you meant overall. I was like, I, I like would say, <laughs> I would say it's systematically equal and personally worse. Because, like, Otto Octavius as Spider Man did kind of set up a public eye. Yeah. But he also only actively murdered people who were trying to actively murder innocents and not him. Like I remember, I remember like the like the one pit in my mind of like him just straight up just like gunning a dude down was like that guy who killed J. Jordan Jameson's wife, mm. and that was like yeah I've kidnapped a restaurant of people and I'm going to murder them. Oh, Spider Man's here. Why do I feel afraid for the first time in my life? Oh, there's a bullet in my brain. Like even when yeah, he did like the horrid shit to other people, they at least lived. Yeah, yeah but yeah, that that cover where he did that that was so like oh they just read Flashpoint for the first time. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It was Lady Barry. Anyway, on to the racism. Oh, just now? <laughs> just now. <laughs> As we have Gabe, uh, it was a bit hard to tell it was Gabe because he wasn't wearing his goggles. Now I know why he's wearing his goggles. Just, we're not super confident in the arts. Let's just give him an identifying feature. Yeah, God, when they're, when they're kids, I can't tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> And they're not set up as twins, as far as I can tell. So it's no, they're just—it's just not great art. Uh, as the gay's making out with a lady in the back of his car, was then get attacked by a samurai. 
no, the what? What is he called? The, the specialist. The oh, I knew Which, it was something like so generic that I would never remember it unless someone told. Me. Yeah, it's the specialist, a name we do not learn until a bit later into the book, where it's just dropped in the middle of conversation, like we had already known it. Yeah, uh, also, it's on the cover. Okay, it is on the cover. I completely missed that. I've Yeah, th- th- it is on the cover. I do remember that, but the name is so generic, I forgot the name. And despite the fact that this character is supposed to be Japanese, he feels like a weeaboo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he looks just like kind of a tanned middle... He just kind of looks like a tanned, balding white guy. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Peter David's attempts to, like anglicized Japanese terms that is the most fucking Jap- hilarious shit Ugh. just I read those words and I'm like okay is he having a stroke or is he trying to speak Japanese <laughs> it is wild watching yeah. a it is wild reading like like, like I do not read Japanese just straight up I know nothing of no, kanji katakana none of that shit it's worse for me because I can read Japanese. I know what they're trying to say, and I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah. And but what I do read sometimes <laughs> are romanized versions of Japanese words. Yeah, pinyin. Yeah, where where it's like where like I read that and I gotta go, okay, okay, I gotta like I have to like flip in my head because like romanized Japanese EI is pronounced the same way that English AI is pronounced. Yeah. And so it's like reading. It's like that was a step removed from that shit, which was already all, which was already a step removed from actual Japanese. So it was like it was a nightmare. Yeah, and it doesn't help for me personally that also I've seen another Western writer do this concept much better. Whenever I read Empowered, because they have a significant Japanese character amongst their main cast, and one of the scenes has the main character teller Gambate fucking kudasai. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so the balding samurai kidnaps the girl and pins Gabe to a wall with shuriken. Well, I say shuriken. Yeah. They look more like Beyblades. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, the way that, like, the way. He's cringing so hard this whole time. The way he's holding his hand back, it looks like he has a cord that he just let rip. Yeah. And he probably let something else rip based on some of the stances either. Absolutely. As well. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the public eye and Victor and Tyler Stone are at Miguel's place, where he's just being a dick to Miguel. It's like, hey, I got your rapture, buddy. Let's fucking go. And we get to see Miguel's internal monologue of him ripping a man's throat out and force feeding another man drugs. Our hero. <laughs> and it all ends with them saying, "Yeah, fucking Aaron, that shithead. He's Spider Man." Anyway, bye bye. And also a setup for Doctor Doom, because he's a thing, baby. Doom! <laughs> Doom! Yeah, so the next day, Gabe picks up Miguel and has him try to tries to convince him to like put in a good word to get his girlfriend released from prison. Which she's not in prison because corporate policing. No, she's in somatic re-engineering or whatever the term for Robocop was. (laughs) (sighs) 
but yeah, she begins to break out and takes, yeah, she begins to break out of uh, Alchemax and takes Miguel hostage. At which point they, at which point she's like, oh, fuck, you're Gabe's brother. Wow, you fucking suck. Anyway, later, goes runs away. And the specialist comes by to kill, the specialist goes by to kill her. And we also get our, I don't know, future phone booth equivalents. Yeah. Which, which is just like this fucking FedEx thing that he just jumps in, takes all his clothes off, sets it to his house, and then leaves. Which, yeah, uh, it's convenient. I guess. Yeah, it also maybe is meant to suggest that no one uses the subway anymore. Yeah, I guess. Because we never see a subway after this. All we see is those maglev cars and buses. Well, I feel like the subway would probably be downtown, and no one goes downtown. No. Yeah, in order to be under something, you need to be below downtown. Yeah, so uh, Specialist, he deflects some bullets from her gun with uh, his knuckles. Because the art's amazing. And Spider-Man shows up to save the day. He gets into a big old fucking fist fight with the Specialist. And the Specialist whoops his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Miguel fucking sucks. Yeah, and oh, I, mean, I mean, in most cases, like this, I'm fine with because in most cases, most versions of Spider-Man, when they fight experienced fighters, they rely on their enhanced senses to be any good in a fight against someone who actually knows how to fight. Yeah, that that's entirely fair. Why didn't they give that to Miguel then? I don't know because not your Spider-Man, yo. <laughs> like, I, does this Miguel have? Does the Spider-Man have spider sense at all? They never mention it. I assume he must, but they never mention it. Here's the thing. The only thing they really focus on, I feel like at this point, is the fact that he's got claws and that and it, basically the origin of his suit. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I feel like we know about him or his powers, really. At yeah, this like, point. Like, like he has it's, sensitive it's... eyes. That's it. Like, I uh, like I think when the I think when Venture like first showed up. Like at his place, he was like, "Ah, my, I feel all fucking fidgety. My neck feels weird." And then looked out and was like, "Oh, that guy." I can't remember if that. I can't remember if like I'm just making that up or if I was just misinterpreting the feeling of having a clogged web shooter for spider yeah, well, sense. He, like, he talks about like a hair standing up on his like body at one point and being itchy or some shit. I don't know. It's it's it was really dumb the things that you're saying about it. and like if they were trying to illustrate powers of his or how it works then i feel like they did a really poor job of it because it wasn't memorable for to me at least yeah like, no at all explain that stuff right so it's just like yeah yeah of no, course he's gonna get his ass whooped by this guy <laughs> like, yeah and i mean the same the same mindset doomed man of steel whereas where they went into the writing booth with a list of things we don't want to do so when you go in with a giant list of don'ts and you don't have a list of do's you're basically like uh well, what should we do? I don't yeah. know. Wing it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you're writing a character, the first thing you shouldn't do is pin up a whiteboard that says what the character shouldn't be. But yeah, so he's fighting the specialist and Stone sends out the public eye. Which they're on orders to stand by and just kind of wait for this all to hash itself out because this is all corporate maneuvering. As, yeah, we also then cut over to um, Stark Fujikawa, where they're also watching the fight as a man in the back is uh, trimming a bonsai tree, because Japan. Yeah. 
I'm surprised they didn't have a shamisen or some ramen. Well, they're Maybe building. They did have some ramen. Well, their buildings do look like Japanese buildings, so you know. Bladdy, <laughs> It's oh god. Yeah, so it's it's a bad fight, as Gabe is also maybe doing something kind of racist as he's building the weird VR thing of just Native Americans. I have no idea what he does. Yeah, I have no idea either. <laughs> My best guess is that he like at first I'm like, is this guy like a like a making a, a movie or a show or something? I don't I don't know. Like I was just like, he's trying to reenact something. Like yeah, it it's sounded weird. like he was making like a a virtual reality video collage of quote unquote Native Americans. Yeah, but, I have to put that in Cody fingers because he's editing it to death, so it's clearly nothing real. <laughs> yeah, I'm think I'm thinking he's is he like some kind of like museum video editor? Where it's like, where it's like yeah, I handle the I handle the editing for like the VR exhibits. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like that's uh, that's why. Like that, my I guess just because it's been on everyone's mind lately. At first, I'm like, is this guy just like creating like a VR like uh, show or movie or something? You know what I mean? Like yeah. something that's like all AI. Or, He's creating I don't know, a VR like, experience. Yeah, it's weird. Like so, like that's that was my best guess because they don't really go into it at all. Like. Though he says he's like save VR scene one oh five like when when like somebody calls him. Right? Yeah, when so yeah, when like, Dana okay. shows up. Um Miguel's fiance and apparently Gabe's ex girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. they they seem to be setting this up as one of those oh she picked the wrong brother things. But by all indication, Gabe is as in at least in when it comes to women, is as much of a shit as Miguel. Yeah. Just in the opposite way, because Miguel's whole thing is that he doesn't care about anyone, so it's kind of hard to imagine he could be in a relationship. Gabe's whole thing is that he's a philandering shit. <laughs> is it philandering, or is it just like he just like goes very quickly between relationships? I don't like I've no no because when he's with his current girlfriend and he we meet uh and we see Casey the girl who escaped pr- prison who admits that she was with his brother to Miguel and Miguel sees her and well Gabe sees her she's like I have never seen that girl before in my life who is she. <laughs> <laughs> okay well yes yeah, so they see miguel in the news as we get back into the fight and casey showing the most proactiveness of anybody in this fucking comic series so far leaps off a crowd of people and steals a fucking public eye flyer just jumps up nothing just grabs a fucking dude yeets him off his fucking scooter and then grabs spider-man and they run away I kind of like Casey. She seems kind of insufferable, but yeah, she's doing stuff. But specials, yeah, but specials grabs on and flying through the sky trying to get away. Uh, they collide into a fucking building or some shit. Oh no, they collide. They almost collide into a building, and then Spider Man just rips out his fucking throat, and he is. Shocked, I guess. Why would he be? This is the second time you've done this. The implication seems to be that he keeps doing it on instinct, not on conscious choice. But if it keeps happening, then yeah, it just makes you look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, like, like if he's doing it on instinct. Excuse me. If he's doing this on instinct, wouldn't his instinct be to 
punch with a closed fist and not rake across with open fingers? You'd think that, but that would require the writers to have thought beyond uh, a specific thing that they just thought of. Unless the spider DNA gave them the genetic memory of using your fingy talons. Yeah. Or he wants to be Wolverine. He's the, he's the worst at what he does, and what he does is really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so cops show up after he slits that dude's throat and open fire, and Spider-Man falls into downtown. Which, for those who don't know, the Marvel of 2099 is effectively the Jetsons. Where everything sucks below the cloud line, and if you're above it, you're cool and rich. It, it kind of reminded me a bit of Battle Angel Alita in that sense, too. Yeah, well, yeah same kind of thing. All, all, of this, all of this is pulling from the same late 80s, early 90s cyberpunk shit. Cyberpunk so. stuff. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense, actually, yeah. Yeah, just the poor live in trash and the rich are assholes. Again, that is a concept I don't mind either. Like, I, I, it's not original, as we pointed out, but, like, I don't yeah, mind that. Like, this, I think that's fine. This like, isn't like awful. This is the... I do not have a problem with any of this setup, really. No. No, I... Again, that, and this is what I meant earlier by... over. Or, it's Overall, it's not great, but I think there's some interesting ideas in here and morsels of things that could have been... Better if it wasn't entrenched yeah. in the 90s. And then we meet Vulture. We're, we're almost there. Yeah. Yeah, a woman's about to get assaulted. But then Spider-Man shows up and saves the day. Yeah, she's about to get assaulted by, uh, I don't know. Uh, by the watchdogs. Yeah, by, I don't know, Google's uh, if you you haven't you haven't upped your subscription to Google Play. Yeah, it uh, like, you. yeah, the watchdogs are literally a quote unquote protection racket where you just pay them money to not hurt you. And they're apparently official because Alchemax like interfaces with them. Yeah. Yeah. They're like all the people that Alchemax would hire for their for their corporate police force who can't make the cut. Yeah, speaking of making the cut, uh, the cop who is apparently the dad of the guy Spider-Man ripped the face off of, he gets fired with prejudice. Nice segue. Yeah, because he, <laughs> because he did, like, he seemed to somehow think, huh, if I directly defy the orders of the guy who pays me, everything will be fine. Yeah, that always works out. And Tyler Stone seems like a man who, like, respects people questioning his authority. Uh, we also yeah. get a like little sneak of whoever is behind the scenes of Alchemax as some shadowy dude video conferences in. I don't know. He, yeah. yeah. Is this Kingpin 2099? Yeah, I, I think it's supposed to be Kingpin. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't fucking know. I don't really care. Yeah. Anywho. So Spider-Man is in the fucking watchdog car and it's got autopilot. So he just says, take me to a fucking doctor. I don't want to die. Meanwhile, Casey's flying around looking for him, and Gabe takes his car down to down to downtown and also begins looking for him. Uh, Spider-Man gets up to a doctor, and Public Eye uh, interface, interface with the uh, watchdogs and track down Spider-Man. But somebody's watching them, and he looks kind of like a bird. Uh, turns out the doctor's yeah. a Thorite, because they're fucking everywhere. And Spidey heads out to instantly get attacked by the cops. 
But luckily, these cops suck ass. Right. And he takes them both out almost instantly. Yeah. But then the watchdogs get the drop on him. But then the vulture gets the drop on them. As just this fucking Vince McMahon wet dream flies out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like one of the he's like one of uh Immortan Joe's enforcers, but with wings. Yeah. He's Again, just, I'm sorry if I keep referencing the same stuff over and over again, viewers, but they could keep referencing the same shit over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, so Vulture has Spider-Man and he wants to keep him despite the fact that Spider-Man's a you know, fucking shit to him and he knocks him the fuck out. Also almost kills Casey as Dana who has a com- who has had a complete makeover? I think every issue she's appeared in. Ah, uh, yes, we're we're getting into um, what was the book you last complained about? How inconsistent the art was. Uh, Red Hood territory, where we just keep <laughs> changing how everything looks. Yeah, mm, just every yeah. yeah yeah. No one can have the same design page to page. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> and yet, that's also a beloved book. Yeah. Yeah, so she the should... problem is us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we are the problem. Are we the baddies? <laughs> yeah. Are we out of touch? No, it's the readers who are wrong. That's right. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, so Dana shows up at Miguel's place, and we get a bit of like, oh, she got she left right before she figured out the truth about fucking Miguel. But oh. and then Gabe, I think, like. At least, at least severely injures like three dudes. Runs over with his car, steals yeah. her, steals her gun. Just fuck it, dog. As Spider Man wakes up in a prison cell and breaks out, uh, bowling over a man with uh, very stupid glasses and forearms. I think to meet the Freakers, a collection of various. I'm assuming various weird genetic experiments done by various corporations that are just been kind of left down here to rot. All led by the vulture, who is a cannibal. Yeah. Just. Yep, I'm a cannibal. If you don't join me, I'm going to eat you. I think it was a missed opportunity for that bull to be a skull, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have hit the nail a bit too much on the head. Yeah. And we're already hitting it on the, on the head enough when he says shit like, I need finger food, or I'm sorry, I take my food to go, and that kind of nonsense. Yeah. I, I mean, like, come on, like, the bull already looks like it's fucking, he's got blood all over. <laughs> like, it's just yeah, like, but like, before then, you could make the fucking argument that it's just ketchup, it's just like some fucking red sauce. Uh, it's just a tomato stew. Exactly. He's just a very <laughs> messy eater. They don't have forks in downtown. <laughs> He's got to slurp it up. Yeah. But no, so. Yeah, it's a big old fucking fight between the Freakers and Spitterman. I guess it's a it's a fight. Meanwhile, Tyler Stone is on a VR boat talking business shit to people from Stark Fujikawa before Dana shows up to ask him like, hey, what the fuck is up? Miguel wanted to quit and said you said you gave him drugs. 
And apparently he just like, yes, I did do that. Anyway. What? (laughs) He's just like, yeah, I already apologize. He's working with me again, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, it's it is so wild that Dana just buys that. Gwen Stacy or uh, Mary Jane, this woman is not. No. Which again, that's another thing. I think most other Spider-Man characters have never—they've never worked out a good love interest in comparison to the main Peters. Yeah. I mean, hell, uh, Ben Riley's is currently a demon with face-changing powers. <laughs> right, Ben Riley is a demon right now. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot about Chasm. Good. Fuck. Good for you. <laughs> Spider-Man was a mistake. <laughs> but yeah, so the so Spider-Man Vulture is still fighting. Somehow Spider-Man jumping through a window ends up with him crashing through the ground and into an underground meat locker. Don't you love art continuity? It's so good. Anyway, yeah, it's it's people meet. So Spider-Man drops an elevator on him. Cannibalism is people. The elevator did nothing. Yeah, how? Like, that wasn't a particularly wide elevator shaft. How did he get enough clearance to not be crushed by the elevator? I think he was crushed. He just didn't get hurt. Oh, good. They didn't show that because I think they literally just dropped the elevator and then he's attacking him the next panel. Absolutely. So they don't even. So it's just like, what? Yeah. Drops the elevator. There is a like trailing arg going underneath the elevator and then he's just fine flying up at him. And then somehow they fly out of the skylight above the elevator shaft with Vulture above Spider-Man. Yeah. And then there was like weird things that they set up that it felt like they didn't do enough with. Like, it seemed like there was a line where Sp- where Miguel said, huh, these must be the undersides of the maglev track. So, you know, they'd be, like, maybe magnetic. Uh, that's next issue. And, well, yeah, but my point is they didn't do anything with it. Well, we haven't gotten there yet for them to not do anything with it. All right, fine, sorry. We still uh, gotta have Gabe okay. shoot his girlfriend in the fucking head. Right, because he's an idiot. Yeah, because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> still probably one of my favorite characters in this. Again, low bar. Low bar. Meanwhile, a church standing shiny and chrome. Gotta have those in 90s comics. Absolutely. Daredevil was busy crashing into one in the next door, in the next uh, block over. So this is the one Spider-Man crashes into. Yeah. Where was the fixer in all of this? Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, literally crashing through stained glass window as... There is just one priest there being like, get the fuck out, you goddamn nightmare people. As, yeah, it's just him fighting a whole bunch of fucking uh, freakers on the middle, in the middle of the street, just, just fighting for his goddamn life. No real, no real stakes, no real continuity of action. It just looks very bad. Like, like, there's a point where, like, uh, Man-at-Arms, the, like, a uh, four-armed sidekick of uh, Vulture, 
grabs grabs Spider-Man by the back of the head and is like, all right, I'm getting him in position. And then suddenly the next panel, he missed and instead hit his lieutenant, which I don't. What did you do? What happened? How did you miss? It's fucking uh, awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good storytelling, that's for sure. <laughs> At all. Oh. And then in the middle of all that, uh, Casey and her friend show up because Casey survived being shot in the head because Gabe sucks. It's like, I snap shot, fired a pistol at my girlfriend's head and missed. Yeah, I, like I'm trying to imagine the angle that he shot at that it hit her head and just left a, a surface wound and didn't kill her or put her in like a vegetative state. Yeah, but yeah. So she uh, shows up. She like got bandaged up earlier, and her friend showed up, who looked like the most nondescript people I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah, just someone someone rolled the ninety slot machine character. <laughs> yeah, and. One of them came up Scottish. Again, I can believe it. Samurai Jack was a thing also at this time. Yeah, it's just this weird lady with just like a full-on like checkered scarf and like the Scottish weird beret thing. Yeah, the 90s was also obsessed with uh, Highlander because there were way too many Highlander sequels in the 90s. Uh, but yeah, so they, so they show up and help Spider-Man get away from the crowd of uh, people in order to focus on the vulture. Which he does by taking him up into like the understructure of the uh, maglev things and basically using that as funneling. Just, hey, I am quick and more nimble than the man with giant bird wings. So let me use this to my advantage. Yeah. And not do what I thought would make more sense of when you say bottom of maglev train and say, hey, magnets. Yeah, th that's what I was thinking of doing too. But no, just using it as just using it as just like. Being able to like duck and juke and jive and stuff, I get that. And then he just lets them die. Yeah, they, they kind of just casually wa wa wash over the fact that he just let him fall to his death. Yep, just straight up. He he looked at him. Looked at him. Could have done anything. Like he straight up, like he straight up says, like I just have to snag with web before he ends up as a bloody smear on. Oh. I do not know if that is meant to imply that he, in the middle of quipping lost the time in order to get there or just decided not to. But given everything else I've read about the character, I think he decided not to save him. Yeah. And then meanwhile, as all that's been going on, uh, ex-Sergeant Estevez, the cop that got fired, uh, had all of his shit repossessed and then was approached by a woman with a very dumb name. <laughs> uh, who gave him an offer to kill Spider-Man and take out, take down Malcolm, take down Malcolm yeah. X. I keep saying and, Malcolm X. Yeah, I know. Angela Daskalakis. <laughs> That's her name. Fucking God. Or, yeah. So, and I don't know. She kind of looks kind of Madam Webbish for some reason. I don't know. That's it the might just be the glasses. That's what reminds me of it. Everything else, no. It's just the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's like you got Madam yeah. Web glasses and then just a smattering of other cultures. Yes. <laughs> anyway, as we move on to issue nine, our penultimate issue. And God, the art has never been worse. 
Yeah, so this is Kelly Jones on this issue, which I don't mind on other things, but boy, is he the wrong artist for this book. Because yeah. I've seen him do, like, horror comics and stuff like that, where I think his art actually works. Like, in, uh, like I've seen him do, like, Swamp Thing, like, things like that. This is a bad book to have this artist on. This is so whoever, awful. Whoever, whoever the editor was on. And, and, and his yeah, art is not loved. To- yeah, go ahead. He seems to work most of, a lot of his work seems to be mostly black and white designs. So, uh, yeah, he maybe doesn't work as well with color. I mean, he worked with fucking, um, uh, what's the guy who did the max? Oh, fuck. Sam Keith. Sam Keith. Sam Keith. So he's willing yeah. to do weird shit, but like, I, Maybe this yeah. is maybe this is too standard for his art style. No, no. So for the record, too, he was doing work at this time, and he's he was uh, his his stuff was uh, very popular in that Doug Munch uh, Batman run, where he has the huge ass ears. You know that weird <laughs> Batman run of the nineties, where it's like detective. I think it, detective comics stuff, like where he does like more of like the vampire looking Batman style guy, like with a like a yeah. huge cape. Yeah, that that's like I love his stuff on Batman. Um, so he can work in the superhero realm, but even that, like that was more written as more of a supernatural kind of Batman story. Yeah. So like this I said, weird. Yeah. Which... yeah. This is, it is bad. It is not a good, whoever the editor was on this made a bad mistake by putting him on this book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know who served as editor for the book, but, uh, this, this issue was at least edited by, uh, Joe Cal- uh, Cavalier, Cavalieri. Yeah, yeah, I've so, heard that name before. Uh, and also, uh, thing to note for art stuff. Um, also had a guest inker on this book, uh, Mark McKenna, uh, but still Steve Bucoletto on colors. Yeah. And yeah, it starts out with just some lady in a fucking weird wellness hospital who asked, who was doctor a a very, very bizarrely proportioned doctor asks her about her kids, yeah. to which she starts screaming. Yeah, she remembers, oh my god, they both suck! Yep. And then we get Miguel bursting out of downtown, back into uptown, and he appears to have some weird fucking growth in his obliques. <laughs> it looks like it looks like an egg sack. Yeah. It is hellish. Again, that's kind of this guy's his weird angles and the and the and the look of people like it, it's it's just not right for this book. Like yeah. I actually like I like his stylized art and other things, but this is the wrong thing for it. Yeah, like, like we we got to see a regular person next, uh, a a a public eye officer who actually has been around since the first issue, and he looks like a joke, mm-hmm. just like. Massive upper lip, fucking like incredibly distended and extended chin. He looks like he looks just. He looks like a Judge Dread character. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He, he, he looks like a parody of a Judge Dread character. And that and that's the other thing too. They couldn't have picked a, such polar opposites uh, in style uh, in terms of art artist like uh, you know rick leonardi who seems to be very traditional compared to this fucking guy like kelly jones which is totally not like it's 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 very strange yeah no i would not look at the guy who drew the max and say let's let him do spider yeah let's have let's have, let's have him do a traditional superhero comic yeah, like put this guy on like a Vertigo book or like you know what I mean, like something like that. Like would make would make more sense. I feel or an like. aliens book because he did Dark Horse Aliens book around this time as well. Yeah, something that isn't this. Got really weird. Something that isn't this. As yeah, that we cut to like we cut back to downtown with with Gabe and Casey, and it looks like a different artist. 
Yeah. Like, it's so fucking weird. And it's also weird just in the writing where Casey's just like, yo, Spider-Man, you see his fucking ass. <laughs> Don't worry, Gabe, I'm not going to fucking cheat on you. But if Spider-Man was here, I'd fucking take that ass and ride it all the way back to Uptown. Yeah, which that's the only character moment where I kind of felt for Gabe when a woman you're attracted to is describing your brother's ass in fuckable detail. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like it that, that that section is like two pages long and both pages look like they were drawn by different people. Yep. Yeah, this this was and an off-putting issue. And I I kind of wanted to like Casey cuz you know she's like the punk rock oppose the man character but she's just kind of dumb yeah and stuff like this doesn't help <laughs> yeah no yeah it, it again it, i just felt it was a real shame and it was really off-putting having him on this issue because i don't i don't mind his work i just think this is yeah not the no, right again the max <laughs> yeah well, this isn't the same artist as as the max but oh okay this is this is that's sam keith this is kelly jones this artist i thought sam keith uh, was the writer no, he's the artist. Uh, oh, okay. uh, William Mesner Loeb's was the writer of the Max, and okay. uh, Sam Keith, I believe, is the artist on it. Yeah. Anyway, back in Uptown, Miguel steals cops' clothes and his fucking sky bike that looks completely different from every other one we've seen so far. Yep. Fucking amazing continuity. As they get a call on the radio, it's like, oh, fuck, we got Spider-Man. We're going to fucking get him. And we see that there are a bunch of fucking nerds Running around dressed in Spider-Man costumes, just fucking shit up. Yeah, and this is one of those few joke payoffs. I liked how they played it, given like Miguel's like, "Oh God, I know what's happening," and then they cut to this dumb these dumbasses. Yeah, just these former Thorites who were like, "Well, Spider-Man's here, so we gotta worship him, right?" And he proves it by like poking his fucking weird flesh talon out of his fucking hand. And just oh, some... wise and powerful Spider-Man, master of stealth. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's like, he's just like, he's like, oh, my gosh, Spider-Man called me kid and he likes me. <laughs> I think he nuts himself as he passes out. Yeah, it does seem like the I'm spent face. <laughs> yeah. As Miguel gets home and Lila shows off her ability to emulate emotion by getting fucking crazy and angry or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's a bizarre bit of suddenly having some kind of personality. Yeah, and the fact that she herself says it's simulated doesn't help the weirdness of it. Yeah, particularly since I I, I have looked it up since it does seem later later versions of Lila do have an actual specific personality that they build on more. It's just not present here. All of this is just fabrication yeah but yeah so yeah fuck see yeah gabe gets a call he has a call from the place at the beginning of the book the issue where his mom is saying it's like oh fuck she she went horrible uh miguel and his fiance are about to fuck in the bathtub this was a weird issue to end on the last issue leading into it like this was yeah it's very bizarre (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as they're then interrupted by gabe it was like hey we gotta go fucking talk to mom and in the middle of all of that uh estevez was taken to nightshade an independently owned and operated city that's doing some interdimensional stuff 
I don't know. I'm probably never going to come back and read this, so that will have no resolution for me. Yay. I mean, I bought the entire... Uh, I don't know when when it was, but I bought the entire uh, original Peter David 2099 run for five bucks. So it wasn't a huge investment for me to get the rest of it, so I might read it at some point, but I'm not really motivated to. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. <sighs> As we move on to issue ten, to read other Peter David books. Yeah. As we move on to issue ten, the final issue of what we will be doing. Uh, as Gabe, Dana, and Miguel are there with their mom, well, with uh, Miguel and Gabe's mom, who I'm not sure if this is the right reference. Pulls off a full like Sanderson, like Sanford, just just like oh, I'm coming, Margaret. Uh. It close. It, she's definitely going for the hyperdrive. Oh, I'm dying! I'm dying! Yeah, she she, she does just like, like a full like a like just like ah, ah, full like response, and then like laser arms out like Jesus and fucking like just goes unresponsive. To which Miguel's like, "Fucking knock it off! You're not dead." Right. She's like, just. I could being be. It's over dramatic, mother. Yeah, I mean, like this kind of tracks in the sense that like okay you have a character who has a bad relationship with his mother she's over dramatic she doesn't like his life choices she thinks he's an asshole like he's not doing enough with his life that i mean again we've seen this in other characters in other forms of media like i'm like okay this i I didn't mind this but it was a weird fucking issue to center on after everything that's occurred after nine issues of this character that they had to end on this on the trade and make you even make you even hate this character even more in a sense like yeah kind of like is yeah like because he's like he's kind of a douche to his mother too like i get it like the mother's giving him a hard time yeah, the mother's whatever. a lot yes exactly i'm not i'm not excusing the mother 100 percent either but yeah I'm just but saying, like like, like, be, like coming from shitty circumstances doesn't excuse being a piece of shit right yeah he's kind of like the other brother's trying to make it work and you know he's he's just like yeah fuck her like you know what I mean? like, yeah like, well it like, doesn't help that the that the flashback made it seem like he was a mom of the boy of the two of them and that that's because true. because of that he's like come on bro i mean yeah your mom our mom hates you because you remind her too much of dad and her our dad was an abusive piece of shit but which let's get to <laughs> as as miguel goes off to talk to the mom because his other because the other people his force wife, him his, to his fiance, his fiance and his uh, brother tell her to do yeah as we flash back to quote the last time he gabe remembered his mom being happy which was literally five minutes before getting beaten by her husband. He looks ridiculous. He is a <laughs> he is a fucking joke. He looks almost like a Meat Canyon character. <laughs> the, the illustration of him in that one scene with his fucking mustache. Yeah, just and he's this like just, hunching over. On yeah, that. just this giant mustache. He seems to like grow as the thing goes on, just coming becoming more and more monstrous. <laughs> his head looks like, his head looks like a thumb. It's such a bad illustration. I'm like, why? Just the like brightest green eyes, the brightest orange hair, and the darkest jet black mustache I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> and I will also say, yeah. we've we've been like bringing up art and stuff. This is the original art team. I know. I don't know what happened here. <laughs> As we then also get to see Dana's uh, first and last time meeting um meeting their dad. As he is just some piece of shit installing a camera on a fucking phone pole. Just like basically like trying to. Yeah. Just trying to like get him to like trying to get um Miguel to hit him. 
It was like, hey, if you hit me, son, I win. Right. You know, that old abusive chestnut. <laughs> but then he died the next day, so. <laughs> uh, that's all happening. Meanwhile, at Alchemex, uh, I didn't mention it because uh, fucking who cares? Uh, Tyler Stone, I, Tyler Stone and Alchemex have been working on a underwater um, settlement, like like facility kind of thing that keeps being attacked and destroyed by the I think they're like the new Atlanteans or some shit. They call them the, he calls them mutants because so I guess they're not supposed to be the Atlanteans from the main Marvel universe or some sort of like mutated humans or fish people. Yeah, well, yeah, he calls them mutates. Mutates. Yeah, which I believe is a term in Marvel comics for people who have mutated, mutated genetic- but are not mutants. Yeah, people who weren't born mutated. Yeah, you know, like like, guess- like a Spiderman, like a Deadpool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they're or Miss Marvel. Yeah, exactly. What am it? Oh yeah, the old Miss Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Current Captain Marvel. I'm I'm so in my head that Miss Marvel is Kamala Khan now. Yeah. Well, this well until recently, Kamala Khan wasn't a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and yeah, so then he gets interrupted in that as Winston, his assistant. Who also has a cybernetic arm that he has noticed. Uh, also comes uh, comes in with his son's ashes, his son Kron, who, based on my reading and research, first appeared in Punisher and later became Venom. Oh, interesting. Huh. Oh man, Venom twenty ninety nine is stupid. <laughs> What's something twenty ninety nine stupid? What? <laughs> yeah, so he gets his son's ashes, flushes them immediately. And then looks upset for a second. Before we get back to Miguel interacting with his mom. And guess what? His mom's abusive too. Wahoo. Just he apologized for not visiting her more. She slaps him. Says, hey, okay. yeah, I'm glad I haven't visited you more. Slaps him again. <laughs> okay. Now, the, the other majorly ridiculous thing outside of the costume that stood out to me in this comic. How does she have this many fucking pictures of him? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like she she tries to, yeah, she like starts talking about like, oh, you're a piece of shit. You're completely self-centered. Why can't you be more like Spider-Man? It opens up the fucking like wardrobe to reveal this like <laughs> insane like stalker shrine of Spider-Man. Like, I'm like, how much time has passed? Yeah, Spider-Man's been out for, Spider-Man's been like doing shit for, I don't know, like a month. Maybe, yeah. And all he's done in that time has been fight a guy trying to kill him. Yeah, murder a man I, and mean, then disappear for a while and come back the, the only thing I could say about this is because it's the future and they have access to maybe all this shit like right away uh, it, it, you know and things maybe posted on the net whatever but the fact that she opens up this fucking wardrobe and there's like a hundred pictures of him I was like what yeah it's <laughs> wild <laughs> I'm like, what? I don't know, man. That just really stood out to me. I was like, this is stupid. Yeah. And one thing I actually do kind of like with, like, resolving all this, he's like, he's like, guess what, you fucking bitch? I am Spider-Man. And his mom just starts laughing her ass off. Yeah. Thanks for making me feel good for a moment. (laughs) Because, you know, I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, pulls out his talons, tries to show them to her, and she just will not look at his hands. She feels he's like some everyman who stands up to evil corporations. You know yeah, I mean? so fucking. Like, okay. 
no idea where she got that idea from. Was it because he like murdered two people who were known to be working for corporations? Right. It was just immediate, immediately followed with him brooding in the rain. <laughs> yeah, just instantly. Just instantly, just like this page of text just saying, oh, God, am I becoming Spider-Man or is Spider-Man taking over my life? Which, no, it's not. You're still a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The issue ends like that. Oh yeah. boy, I'm sorry. This one really lost me at the end. Yeah, like, no, wow, it's... that was a weird. That was. I'm like, why didn't they just stop it after nine issues? This trade. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we didn't need this one in here. Yeah. Anyway, there is a rally with the Thorites and apparently the other super people worshippers. Uh, just all around being like, Thor's gonna be coming one day, baby. We're gonna fucking crush everything. And it's so weird that there's only Thor signs while there are also dudes just as Captain America and Batman. Oh yeah, like, that yeah, is just in I there. Notice that? I notice that. Yeah, actually. yeah. Wouldn't yeah. this have been the perfect time for a Shadow Hawk tr- uh, cameo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Public Eye shows up to break it up. At which point, Spider-Man shows up and just starts assaulting everyone. Again, not trying to like save people or anything. Just being a massive shithead does nothing to like stop the cops from firing their guns into public crowds. I feel like the only thing that stopped him from shooting directly into a crowd was just him falling. Like, fuck, man. Yeah. I like this piece of dialogue here, though. He's like, they're like, it's a spider right. The shock it is. It's the real thing. Call it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just just instant. Just the instant. Like, like, oh, I say the fucking real spider is one of these fucking weirdos. Oh, no way to hit me. He's real. <laughs> As he, like, shreds the guy's face. <laughs> yeah, just rips their guns open, like, just shreds the fuck out of them. He actually is just punching people with closed fists now, so at least he is not going for murder all the time. Yeah. <laughs> There's some thought being put into the fighting. Yes, now. a smidgen of thought. Uh, but yeah, and so he right. talks directly into a camera on one of those weird, dumb, like, light posts. Is the camera his dad installed? Who can know? Everybody else directly in the camera. Hey, fuckers, if you're a corporation, I'm a coming for you. And then fucks off to his dad's grave where he just reveals that he's a massive, vindictive, petty piece of shit. And says, I'm gonna be Spider-Man. Goodbye. And that's the end of it. Fucking God. <laughs> that was. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only reason it took as long as it did for us to go through it is we kept finding stuff to complain about. And some of it wasn't even like in the story. It was just stuff about this type of comic. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that's kind of why you got to go through it. You find new stuff to talk about. Yeah. And otherwise, every like one of these, uh, otherwise, every one of these recordings would be 20 minutes. Yeah, and not only that, I I feel like we did point out a few things that I felt like were good ideas, maybe not in terms of execution, but just interesting things that, you know, you got to try to find even in something like this where it's not great, some sort of positive thing to say, but uh, we've had other things where there's nothing great to say, so yeah, no, this was uh, rough. Typically, when Birdie messages me something negative, I take that opinion with a grain of salt because Birdie is, I feel like it's fair to say, pretty negative on stuff. 
<laughs> Sometimes. Nothing, nothing like wrong with that. Just a observation. You are 100% right. Like, I do not know why Miguel, may, like, lasted. I do not understand why Miguel is popular. Like, still. Yeah, again, it, it must be later stuff. And that's happened before. There have been origin issues of characters that were not as good. Like, most of the stuff I liked about the Hulk was not in the original Stanley Jack Kirby Hulk shit. It was in... Again, the Peter David stuff from the 80s. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it... I don't, I don't know. It's it's this like thing in my brain where I'm like, you gotta put your best foot forward for a character, otherwise they will die instantly. And so then going back and reading first issues, I expect them to be good. I feel the only takeaway you can have from reading at least this portion of this series that we we have at this point and talked about here today is to say, I can understand why he is looked at as a bad guy of sorts in the, in the new film. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no. oh absolutely. Picking him as the villain of the Spider-Man was the correct choice. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> right. right. So that, but that's what I mean. It, it's kind of hard to even think of a time though, that where he is going to become a beloved character of sorts or on their side. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to find a way to do it possibly, but in there's nothing to really grab onto and enjoy about this character. in these 10 issues we talked about today. Yeah. Nothing. Than, he is a, yeah. he is a petty, vindictive, self-centered shithead who only becomes Spider-Man through completely external circumstances and just being forced into it. And, and that's why I mentioned, absolutely, no, you're right. And and that's why I mentioned, like, unless he was like, hey, this is this era, and I'm going to be on this book for the next 50 fucking issues, which I think he wrote, like, 40-something issues of this character. Like, um, I, th I believe so, somewhere around that, in the ballpark. I mean, I could, I'll just look. I'll look. Um, but, like, I don't know how you would expect somebody to enjoy, like, 10 issues of this, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, unless by the end of it, he's like, I have 20-something other issues to make this guy beloved. Yeah. I don't know why you would go down this road other than making one, like, uh, going totally opposite of what we expected. Uh, the initial classic run was 33 issues. Okay, so yeah, like, like, was this third? just like, was this just like a long con of him just like, all right, I'm going to fucking just like kneecap myself right at the gate and then make people like him, right? Because like that's this, that's does, is this just like a self dare? We know he he is a good writer, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like we partially picked this because I love Peter David as a writer. I just mentioned one of my favorite character creations he's done, and there's several others. Yeah. Nico and I had a hard time narrowing down a list of Peter David books. <laughs> no, it's very strange. I it, guess this just, just goes to show nobody bats a thousand. No, 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 absolutely not. Which I, you know, of course, but like, it's, it's just, it, it, you know, the easiest thing you could say about this, which I think is like a, a, somewhat of a lazy approach. At least we read it and we commented on it is it's bad nineties stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, which is it, yeah. not true of all nineties stuff, but you could easily look at this and be like, this is a bad, this is a bad uh, part of the nineties. Yeah. The, there, yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a stark difference between bad nineties and just nineties. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I mean, again, 1992 is the worst of the bad nineties because that's the, that's the, that's the first image year. Yeah. So that's when this kind of comic was at its worst. That's also the year I was born. 
<laughs> and I've been a blight on the comics industry for the last 13 years. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anywho. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next month with another comic. Um, if I want to say it now, uh, we're doing the rebooted Quantum and Woody. Yeah, which is currently free. Yeah, at time of recording, do not know if it will be at the time of release. Like, I'm literally looking at it right now. The current series is free. The series we're going to talk about is free. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this will be the uh, 2013 uh, re- reboot of uh, Valiant Comics' uh, Quantum and Woody. Is it James Asmus that writes this one? Uh, 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 I, believe, I believe so. I think that he was the first writer on this relaunch. Uh, yeah, James Asmuth and Tom Fowler. Yeah. Ooh, that's okay. good. All right. Sorry, Dad. I, I miscounted a little bit on Spider-Man 29. It had 46 issues total, and it ended on a fight with the Vulture. Tight. There you go. Everyone's favorite. Well, until Ultimate Blob. <laughs> <laughs> We're never touching that book on the show. I I, I refuse. <laughs> Pay us money to talk about Ultimatum. <laughs> anyway, until then, I'm dead. And I'm shocking Birdie. <laughs> I'm Nico. Crash the mode. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>